Our guest today is Julia Ma. She's a friend of mine who I met a few years ago at Google on the Google Surveys team. And she's been... How long have you been at Google? Just over six years now. Okay. So you've been there for a while. And you're currently an individual contributor on the surveys team. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about your current role, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about how you first got interested in computers? Yeah. So I went to undergrad at Caltech. And for the first year, you don't have to declare your major. My parents were going through a transition at that point, so I ended up applying for a scholarship to pay for tuition, and the Air Force gave me a scholarship oh, with nice. the condition that I had to major in either electrical engineering or something else, which I don't even remember at this point because mm-hmm. I didn't choose it. So I was like, okay, I guess they chose my major for me. So I became an electrical engineer. And then, of course, with that, I owed them time after college. I see. So I went into the Air Force after graduation. Um, moved to Warner Robins, Georgia, which is like two hours south of Atlanta. Did my four years there and then pretty much wanted to get out almost the whole time because I was not interested in... It was mostly like management stuff there. I see. And I wanted to stay focused on technical stuff. I see. So while you were in Georgia, were you doing electrical engineering work? Not really. I was slotted as a communications engineer, which... As an officer, basically means that you kind of run the logistics. Um, Um, The unit that I was working for is um, a combat communications unit, which basically means that whenever there's like, you want to set up a new military site, they're the first ones to go in to set up communications. So like radio communications, telephone, computer, the secret network, that kind of stuff. I see. And so, so yeah, so I wanted to do the more technical stuff. Since I, you know, that was my background at that that time. That's what you learned in college. Right, exactly. Um, But that's not kind of the role of an officer. Um, So as an officer, you're mostly managing people. And when I joined that squadron, I was, I think, one of like four or five new officers like that came in within a month or two. So they really didn't know what to do with me. Um, And I ended up planning the squadron Christmas party as my first job. (laughs) I see. (laughs) That's not great. No, it wasn't that's not great. Really, that's probably not what you wanted to do. No, that's not what really. you were hoping to do. Yeah. Um, and so, and, I, and and so, because of that, like, I was quite bored as they kind of figured out like what they would, yeah. you know, have me work on. Um, I spent a lot of my time on Project Euler. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like programming. Yeah. Problems. So that's kind of what I did in my spare time there. Oh, how did <laughs> because you learn I was about it? so bored. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I think oh. I was just looking for like puzzles um, and things to do in my free time online and that's kind of what got me started i see so had you done some programming at caltech yeah i took a couple like intro like how to program classes like were they fortran no no okay Okay. Um, it's more recent than that yeah right i took scheme that was my first language yeah um haven't used it since yeah still don't understand (laughs) some of the (laughs) concepts but whatever but you you had an introduction to programming while you were Right. At Caltech. Yeah. And so, like, and so I I did take, like, you know, intro to Python. So, like, this is the syntax and this is, you know, how to use whatever. So, um, so that's kind of mostly what I did. Um, and that's kind of what got me, I guess, keeping up my technical side because, you know, I couldn't really, you know, I don't know. I didn't, that's not like I, you know, solder or build circuits now, but like, that's not like I would do something on my free time. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that's kind of, I just was working on project oil problems in my free time and, at some point, you know, then the job actually did start to pick up and I, I was, you know, 
doing most logistical things. So like if we needed satellite time, I would put in the satellite requests for time. I would set up, you know, if we had a field that we wanted to go practice, you know, our uh, processes, then I would lay out, you know, where each tent would go in the field, where each, you know, team would sit, like that kind of stuff. I see. But but they were tasks that didn't really take advantage of anything you learned in school. No, definitely were, not. No. And actually, yeah. and interestingly, I think that's kind of how the Air Force functions. Um, oh. A lot of my coworkers who joined around the same time, the, their majors are completely different. Um, I, I have one who's like a biochemistry major. One was doing business, you know, just kind of whatever they needed. They just kind of like threw you into that into that role. It's funny because the scholarship was specifically right. for <laughs> specific engineering, uh, but then once they once you got through, they right. didn't. Yeah, I mean, I had a special, a I had a special point. like engineer letter next to my job title, uh-huh. but other than um, I think doing a couple of the more technical like satellite requests time, I, I didn't really do anything different than any of the other officers. I see. I see. Okay, so then. What did you do after after the Air Force? <laughs> um, yeah, so I decided to go back for my master's. I knew I wasn't going to do like an Air Force career, unlike some of my friends who right. you could see they were like very, you know, military career that was going to be their yep. their job. Um, but I was kind of itching to get out kind of as soon as I could. Okay. So, so yeah, so I, I sent a bunch of applications to various grad schools, master's or PhDs, and I kind of picked electrical engineering just because that was what my major was, even though right. I was pretty sure I didn't remember anything from school and that was going to be really hard. I ended up actually at the MIT Media Lab, um, which is not an electrical engineering program, which I think actually kind of worked out really well. It's a very interdisciplinary program and lots of people from super diverse backgrounds end up there. I'm told that they now consider themselves... Was it multidisciplinary or anti-disciplinary? Anti-disciplinary. <laughs> yes. right. They don't like the term interdisciplinary, <laughs> right. uh, even though in some sense they're, they kind of are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, tangent. Uh, I only know this because the last person I talked to, I interviewed, he's doing work for the media lab, oh, and cool. I was like, and I was like, oh, it's an inter, yeah, and I was like trying to describe it for people, and I, was, and I use the term interdisciplinary, and, and yes, he, he pointed out they don't like <laughs> to use that. Yes, anti-disciplinary is the latest term. Right, right. (laughs) I see. So you were in a master's program uh, at the MIT Media Lab. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you still have a specific major then? So you get a master's in media arts and sciences. I see. Which, funny enough, you know, our second year there uh, in our, I think the, all the master's students are kind of in like one class together. um, And we found out one day that it's not an accredited program because nobody else in the country. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Which was kind of funny because you're like, oh, you're at MIT, like this should be a serious degree. But (laughs) at the end it was like, it's not accredited? (laughs) Um, But I think, I think companies know Right, they're not going to check don't really for care. that. Right. Yeah, they don't care that it's accredited or not. They they're happy to have somebody who has graduated from the right. In the end, it didn't really yeah. matter, but it was just one of those things that you just assumed. I think. Yeah. Which <laughs> was not. Yeah, the case. I think Stanford has a similar program. Right, they do uh, the symbolic systems or whatever. Oh, okay, or... I've also heard of like there's a design oh, or something else. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but mostly the school and the specific program has a reputation. That, <laughs> yes. that helps you, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so then from there, um, I was also didn't quite know what to do with that degree afterwards. Yeah. Um, a lot of my peers uh, applied for the PhD group program, okay, um, sure. which I ended up not even applying to. Um, I felt like 
my experience there kind of broadened what I was interested in instead of narrowing. So I right, feel like right. doing a PhD was going to narrow that and that's yeah. not what I wanted to do. So, right. yeah, because um, you meet so many like exciting people who are working on so many different things and, right. and they're all like really exciting things that, right. that everybody's working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then how can I focus at this point? Yeah. yeah you just want to go ahead and do everything. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so in the end, um, so I just started applying for software engineering programs because um, that was kind of, I was doing mostly software engineering okay. um, or like, you know, writing little apps during my time there. Did you take specific computer science classes? So most of the classes were under the media arts and sciences umbrella. I, I think some of them may have been cross-registered with CS or um, one of the other departments. I think some of them like cross-registered with architecture. Um, there may I be see. some overlap with... I know it's not like one of them was like a neurobio overlap. Um, I, I didn't take any of those classes, but yeah. I did take a couple of the CS ones. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So, th- so in the end, I think, you know, mostly I was like interested in building things that were kind of fun and, uh, you know, build the future kind of thing. But I'm also, I mean, I don't know how kosher this is to say, but I'm also not that confident in my programming skills. Like, I don't think I could, you know, write this amazing app and start my own company kind of thing. Right, which is understandable given (laughs) your background, because it's not like you started in a CS program and graduated. Right. Uh, I, I feel like the people who graduate with a computer science degree are just in a different position yeah right and and having not taken any of those like algorithms classes or systems or whatever when i decided to you know what what are my skills what can i actually do um i so i still ended up applying for some software engineering jobs but spent some time like studying for the interviews i was actually in paris at that point i was doing an internship a software engineering internship uh, which was helping my resume at that point yeah yeah um and did my interviews for Google in the Paris office. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Also, all my coding interviews, all the, the, the lunch was, you know, at that office. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I guess like... But you probably learned a lot from your internship. I did. I mean, kind of. Okay. <laughs> so it was, a, it was like a software engineer and test internship okay. with the, the cell phone company Orange. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was writing um, I think the UI test. It was kind of like a UI integration test for their app for the mobile app i see um is this selenium or pre-selenium i don't okay no i was using c sharp oh (laughs) which i also didn't know at the time and still don't know really know now but (laughs) i think uh i i know you feel like an imposter (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) Uh, uh but i think it's like, for example, studying for the interviews, mm-hmm. I think even people who are CS majors, they, they also study for the interviews because it, it's an interview. Uh, right. And uh, I think that, that the stuff you learn at an internship in computer science is actually probably way more valuable than uh, you would learn through school. Like, the type of stuff that you learn at an internship, like about unit tests or, or testing in general, is like that you learn on a, in an internship is way more valuable than some of the algorithm stuff that you you would learn in a theoretical computer science course. Because the courses are more... Um, computer science is more, at the academic level, is more like about theory and stuff like that. Right. Um, it's interesting that you say that, though, because, I mean, none of my interviews asked me about 
you know, unit tests. Yeah. And, and even now, although when I, when I do do interviews for Google, I do ask about testing. Yeah. Um, especially for people who are not straight out of college. Yeah. You know, like, I would hope they have a little bit of experience with that. Right. But I definitely didn't get asked that. <laughs> it was very, it was very algorithms driven. It's I remember true. my interviews were. Yeah. 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 I wonder why that is actually, because it's, because in practice, algorithms aren't used that much. <laughs> right. Uh, it's really some knowledge about data structures a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, but mostly the, the, pro- the day-to-day problems aren't, aren't algorithms. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I, I think that's more like a history or, or, or more like, you know, a way to weed out candidates or something. But yeah. Yeah. And I think um, maybe it's also like, how else are you going to test a, um, like a new grad? Yeah. Right. Like that's if that's what they learned. You know, oh, that's true. That's kind of their passing bars. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. When in practice, you know, and and I've learned this more as as I got older. I feel like in practice, it's the more the social and cultural fit that matters way more than like anything. There is like a a, a like a certain bar of like knowing things mm. about programming, but like a lot of people meet that bar. And then after that, picking the right person for your team is all about, like, are they a good, like, social fit? Right. And I think fit. a lot of what I at least see at Google is kind of your your willingness and then your ability to learn new things. Yeah. Like, I, went, I remember when I interviewed for the surveys team. Not interviewed. It was, like, a informal chat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, and, you know, he asked me, like, you know, what I was doing and what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I kind of don't want to do what I'm doing now. I want to do new things. Mm-hmm. Um and actually one of the things I really wanted to learn was production. And I was yeah. really considering, you know, doing mission control for the SRE team. Oh, right. Um, and, there, and I ended up choosing the service team because the service team does their own production. Right. And I thought that was a really nice mix and a really great environment to learn things. Yeah. And that was, that was good because it was also, you know, I feel like the team has that willingness to take on people who are, you want to learn this, that's great. Right. Like, like, that's what you should yeah. be hired for. And that's like... <laughs> And it worked out well, I think, because I think there was a need on the team for, for people to fill that role. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so getting back to you, you interviewed in the Paris office. Right. And then did you did you get an offer at that point? Ha, so that's fine. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. Okay. I, <laughs> so what I was told was at the time that the Paris office was relatively new for engineers. Mm, so yeah. that they, so when I got the phone call, they said that they would maybe switch me to a product manager track because I had the technical background but maybe not the engineering chops and then a few days later I got another call saying hey actually we'll give you an offer for a software engineer in Mountain View but you'll have to move to Mountain View I see. Um, they didn't have the training set up for you know someone who's kind of a little new to the field in Paris right so they wanted me to move to Mountain View go through all the new grad new grad and new engineering training there I see. Um, and start on a team in Mountain View so that worked out <laughs> so, so you took it I did take yeah, it yeah yeah I see I see <laughs> Um, and then you then moved to Mountain View. Was there a specific team that you got hired into? They kind of did a team match, but I really only ended up talking to one manager um, for the shopping UI team oh, okay. um, on Google.com. So any of the shopping ads that you see, I may have tweaked some of that code <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I see, I see. Did you find in your experience that when you started at Google, that the other people that started around the same time and, and were going through the new... Uh, engineer training were they mostly people straight out of college or were they or did you get much of a sense of whether they had like come through like traditional means or other yeah I think 
a lot of the new people that I talked to were new grads that were out I of like a traditional CS um, CS major. And especially the new people on my team, especially the ones that got hired after me, huh. um, were definitely in the same I see. same case. So it was always a little, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't really, you know, I don't have the same experiences that they did. Right. So I don't, you know, quite... Sure, I studied algorithms for the interview, but right. I don't really, like, know it all. Um, and so it was also a little impostery when I started doing interviews because oh, I would I give these questions that, like, I knew how to answer because I you know, went through them yeah, and figured you, out how to answer. You, but you then I'd before, have yeah. candidates who would give me these algorithms that I've never heard of before oh. and then would not quite know whether it was, like, right. And so I had to go back and then... Oh. Right. You know, work really hard to figure out whether their solution was actually working, whether right. this was a viable algorithm to use. What even what even is this algorithm? I don't <laughs> right, even right. know. <laughs> uh, did you volunteer to do interviews or? Kind of. It was one of those, you know, company wide. Hey, we need people to yeah, sign yeah, up for yeah. interviews. So I did, and and you both, I see, and got in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, do you feel like it's? I guess yeah, because it, they always want more women to do interviews, mm. right? Because they they, they want. What one? Yeah, at least one on a panel. I one think for each. Yeah, for each interviewee. Yeah, they have one of their interviewers is supposed to be uh, a woman. I see. Looking back at that, do you think that uh, it was it was a good thing that you like forced yourself to to sign up for the interviews? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I currently have my interview set to not interview right now. Um, yeah, I think I prefer to do like an all day four interviews kind of thing. Yeah, like in the university um instead of you know one a week kind of stuff right um but since i'm also just you know getting back to work i kind of have it set to zero so yeah. i can wrap up at work right now right i found when i started interviews it was not at all the hard parts of the interview were not what i thought would be hard like you said i i was worried that i i too was worried that i wouldn't know like certain things that the candidate said or I wouldn't understand what they were saying but I found out more often than not that wasn't the problem the problem ended up being after the interview I had a hard time being decisive as to whether I thought they were a good fit or not mm. like like I think it's more nuanced than did they answer the problem I gave them and I went in thinking, oh, that's all I need to know. I just need to know, did they did they answer the question I gave them? But now I think it's more complicated than that. Or, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I think the the interview question that I tend to default to now is a more like open-ended kind of question mm, yeah. um, where I do like to try and start kind of a discussion with them yeah. um, so that they look at the questions like, oh, this is actually kind of complicated. Can we constrain it a bit or talk about, you know, various ways to solve part of the yeah. problem? Um, and I feel like those end up, at least for me, helping me decide whether or not, because it's, cause it's like, do I want this person to work right. with me? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. And it sounds like your question is much better than the question I started off using. <laughs> and it ended up being kind of, very much like either the person got it or they didn't get it and there wasn't very much like discussion even if they got it there wasn't a ton of discussion and so I wouldn't have a strong sense of is this somebody I want to work with all I had was a sense of they know how to answer this one problem right <laughs> uh, which which I feel like is not enough to go on yeah and so I feel like I grew a lot in learning how to ask the right questions to determine whether somebody is a good hire or not yeah I think 
Um, I, also, I know Google has also changed, I think, internally how candidates mm. get rated, or at least the UI has changed in the feedback form. So yeah, yeah that's right. I, it's very confusing every time I go into that. <laughs> that's right. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, They're like the four categories now. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even... It used to be like a scale. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know what's going on anymore, which is also partially why I stopped interviewing because <laughs> right, right. I haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. Um, I do think that it might be nice. I, mean, I know they have always have a dearth of interviewers. Um, mm. So interview training is always, you know hard for them to kind of keep up with. Right. But I do think it'd be nice if they could re or retrain yes. interviewers like every couple of years. Right. Based just on the new system. Either based on the new yeah. system or just to kind of remind you what the point is yeah. or, you know, get yeah. you back excited to, you know, hire new people. Yeah. I think it's very easy to get in a rut, especially if, or, and like always asking the same question and like, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. And re going through training would probably give you a way to like, give you an opportunity to, to change up, you know, how you're interviewing. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> that, right. Uh, so something else that I've been asking people um, is at your career at Google, what do you think motivates you in your current role? That is a good question. <laughs> well, I really like the people that I work with. Oh, yeah. That is definitely, I think, number one right now. Yeah, definitely. I think when I started on the surveys team, um, I, I was much more interested in, you know, learning production and learning the product right. itself. Um, I think that has definitely decreased in priority, not necessarily because of anything that's changed on the team, but more just right. because the people you work with are, I don't know, more fun. Um, right. And, you know, since having a baby, my priorities have also changed. So, right. like, you know, sure. do I really care too much about surveys? I mean, it's hard to tell. It's a thing on the day, right? It's, it's, right. <laughs> right. You know, nothing against that, but it's just, you know, it's... Not always at the top of my mind these days. Um, right, right. There's always issues of work-life balance. Right. And, um, yeah, I think as as people get older in their career, yeah, they, they, they have different priorities, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like originally you were very motivated by learning new skills. So that, Do you think that's driven by uh, learning new skills to be useful or just, like, interest in the topic? or Or what do you think drives the... The desire to learn. Like, I think it's just. I think it's actually just the, the process of learning yeah. itself. Because this was kind of going back to my um, my internship, where I programmed in C sharp, which I'd never done before or haven't mm-hmm. done since. Right. And it's one of those things where I don't know if I should list that on my resume anymore because I don't really <laughs> want a recruiter to look at that and be like, "Oh, you know C sharp?" Like, no, right. not really. I don't really know that. Um, but I had fun learning it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had fun working in it. And even nowadays, you know, when I, I typically these days work mostly in Python and C++, right. I still wouldn't call myself an expert. Sure. I mean, just the other day I went home and I was um, complaining to my husband that I was like, I don't remember what the virtual keyword does. And I spent like an hour debugging this test and it ended up being because I forgot the virtual keyword and, mm. you know, went through and, 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 and uh, at some point, you know, I'm, I'm applying for readability for that language. Right. And I have readability in a couple languages. But I still don't feel like I understand them well enough to even do like a review for someone else, you know, right. especially if it's like data structures or like something about the language itself related right. um, is very, I don't know, hard to hard. It's, it's difficult to say that I actually have expertise in this area. 
so I think the, the thing about production itself, um, I just find it interesting because it's always something that kind of, it's like always a moving target. So yeah. There's always something you can do. That's right. Um, there's always something you can make better. It's kind of like my house right now where I can always <laughs> clean it a little bit more or right. just organize it a little bit more. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I think the same is true with programming languages for, for what it's worth. Like, I think very few people feel like they're a C++ expert it could be just because it, it's complicated and it is always changing. There's like new stuff coming out all the time. And, and this is true of like most programming languages as well. I guess. I mean, it's also, you know, you know, our, our team lead, Brett, has written a book about Python, right? That's so I true. consider him, I definitely look at him as like, oh, he's an expert in Python, you know, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, at some point, like, am I ever going to get to that point where I feel like I know this language? <laughs> right. Uh, I suspect part of his motivation, I, I don't know this, and I don't mean to put words in Brett's mouth, but uh, <laughs> I suspect part of his motivation in writing it is so that he could understand the topic better as well. Like, oh, that's a good point. Like, one, it's like a way to force yourself to, like... To learn it. To learn it. Right. Yeah, is to write about the topic. Um, <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, maybe that's not... Maybe... Uh, Maybe I, I should write a book about the be... plus virtual keyword. <laughs> exactly. Or, or like a blog post or something, right? Uh, in the process. Oh, that's yeah. actually not a bad idea. <laughs> like, yeah, because writing it down tends to be a way to like solidify your understanding of the topic. Right. Anyway, that, at least for me, that, that's, because I also don't feel like I'm an expert in, in any particular topic or like I've been spending a lot of time over the last year learning about modern day JavaScript web development, which I've been doing, I've been doing JavaScript web development for like, well over a decade at this point, but it's a moving target. It's completely different. And especially compared to Google, oh, yeah. it's nothing. Google JavaScript is so different. Google JavaScript <laughs> and the outside world JavaScript, not the same. No. Um, uh, a friend of mine who's, who has also been like doing web development for over a decade was joking like, do I, do I even know how to make a web page anymore at this point? <laughs> like, like what are, what are all these tools that people are using? It, it's completely different than it was like five years ago, basically. Right. Um, yeah, and I think actually that brings a good point because it's, you know, the whole thing is you have to keep relearning things. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, part of the process. And I feel yeah. that that's also why that, you know, programming, I'm drawn to programming is right. because there's always something new to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a common thread in pretty much everybody I've interviewed. People who are individual contributors, I think, really enjoy just like learning things. Mm. Um, and they kind of like the environment at least within computer programming of where like you're pretty much always learning something new. Like I think it's rare. There aren't that many experts. I feel like in computer science because it is constantly changing. Mm. Um, and pretty much everybody is just trying to, trying to stay afloat uh, with, <laughs> okay. with the current trends. Uh, at least that's what I, I feel. Um, uh, but, but that's like kind of enjoyable to some degree. Right. right. Uh, that, that's, it's, it's kind of fun learning these, these new things about, it's like finding new uses for your skills or something. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I guess we can talk a little bit about what type of uh, goals or aspirations then do you have for the future? I don't know. Do you do you think about like where you want to be in five years or like what type of role you want? Sometimes. Um... Or do you feel like you're just kind of like going <laughs> wherever? Well, I mean... I really enjoy living in the Bay Area. Um, I do think it has a lot of problems. Um, yeah. And the cost of living is definitely one of them. Right. So at some point, we're probably going to want to move, um, you know, because we're in a... It's technically a one-bedroom apartment. Right. Um, it's pretty big for one bedroom, but it's technically yeah. one bedroom. 
Um, and with the baby, it's, yeah. you know, getting really crowded. Yeah. Um, she has a lot of stuff. So at some point we're going to want to move. And I think we've always talked about like leaving the barrier when we move mm-hmm. just to go to someplace different, also someplace with more space, maybe right. someplace a little cheaper, maybe someplace with more sunshine. My husband is, uh, needs more sun <laughs> and the Bay Area is not providing yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> so I don't know. It's some, it's one of those things where I don't, I would like, I mean, I started at Google, like loving the company, um, mm-hmm. and I still I still like the company a lot. Yeah. I think being in the San Francisco office has removed me a little bit from right. some of the daily things that Google goes through, like press wise. Um, sure. But and so I've always considered Google to be you know a company that I would stay with for a long time, um, especially with engineering offices in so many places. Like maybe I'll move to I don't know, back to Paris or something. You know, sure. so, some place it's it's not unheard of, right? Right. But I don't know. Um, one of the things that makes me the saddest if I would leave is to leave my team. Um, right. Because I really do like the team that I'm on right now. I see. But career-wise, you think you will continue as a software engineer? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I have a friend who quit Google about a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and her partner are currently RVing life around yeah. the country sure. um, going to all the national parks is their goal and so it's not like I don't want to do that I definitely don't want to see I don't want to <laughs> live in an RV right. um, but there there is some like part of me that at some point would want to quit tech and just do something completely different yeah, yeah, either yeah. something in art or design yep. or just something a little more creative um, and not yeah. so like at the computer all day right um, but that's kind of like one of those dreams where it's yeah We'll see if I ever get around to making the time and effort and have right. the guts to do kind of thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Definitely not within five years. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I definitely understand the appeal of wanting to create creative content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think programming, at least for me, partly scratches that itch, but it doesn't necessarily like, it doesn't feel as creative as other things. Like Yeah. Maybe it'd be more if you were on your own, right? But, yeah. you know, being one of the many cogs That's at right. Google. <laughs> yes, right. That's so. Yeah, the creativity is more limited. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, I get that. The, the final thing I like to ask people before ending the interview is uh, Evan used to have this game called Three Positive Things that he would sometimes post about on Internal Plus where he would, because there's so much negativity, especially in tech right now or in general there always seems to be negativity in tech people always seem to be complaining (laughs) about stuff at at work it's a good exercise to think about three things that you are happy about or excited about or positive about and it can be in tech or it can be not in tech it could just be three things you're happy about in your life or it could be like technologies that you're excited about yeah technologies that are exciting as opposed to like ai is gonna take all our jobs or something like that (laughs) The, the negativity that mostly is associated with tech (laughs) <laughs> three things that I'm excited about. They may not all be very technical, actually, right now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, one is my baby, Ada. Um, Which is She's amazing and super fun and adorable. <laughs> um, and her name is Ada, named after Ada Lovelace. So yeah. that is a little related to programming. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I am really excited about a bunch of upcoming travel that I have. Okay. Um, we're going to go visit some family in Israel. My husband's family is over there. Right. And, and then I also have some travel, uh, one of which is to PyCon. 
um, which is my favorite conference. Yes, PyCon is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's like the least programming conference yes. of conferences, uh, of tech conferences. Yeah, and uh, I haven't been to that many tech conferences, but once I went to PyCon, I was like, this is the one I'm going to yes. be here now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it in Cleveland this year? Yeah. Yeah. Was it in Cleveland the last? Yes. Okay, so this is the second year in Cleveland. Right. Are you excited to go back to Cleveland? Yes, actually. I was surprised at how much I liked it. Okay. Um, it seems like kind of a little up and come. It was reminding me a lot of Chicago, like a small okay. Chicago. Yeah. I think it helps to be on the lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really like PyCon. Um, I just feel like they do a really good job with the diversity of talks, yeah. um, including the speaker profiles that they have there. Yeah. Um, and just like the people are super nice. Um, yeah. I, you know, just sit down at a table and talk to people. Um, and, and yeah, last year I made, I, um, I blow glass as a hobby. So last oh, year I cool. made a Python flask. <laughs> oh. Get it? Yes. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. to donate to one of the uh, charity auctions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's just a really welcoming community, and they have childcare. Oh. So right, right, right. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like that is one of the like they do everything pretty much right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so I'm really excited about that. It is fun to learn about um, what people are doing with Python yep. outside of Google, because Google Python is also very different than normal Python. Yeah. And and it. Also, is very interdisciplinary. PyCon yeah. is. Yeah, it is a tech conference, but it's actually a very interdisciplinary yeah. conference where there are a lot of non-programmers who are there. Yeah, I met some astronomers last year. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I see this thread where where you're interested in interdisciplinary. Yes, uh, uh, <laughs> lots yeah. of things interest me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. Was that two? That's two. That's two. Three, I guess. Um, couple of the projects that are happening at my house I'm really excited about. Okay. Um, one is, so my husband's working on a book. Actually, oh. it's reliability for makers. Okay. So it's also related to kind of production stuff that I care about, but mm-hmm. also he's much more of like a low-level hacker kind of guy. I see. So he's building these like little Raspberry Pis and, you know. I see. Talking about how to set up alerts for your Raspberry Pi project. Um, so that's really fun, and I'm doing a little bit of sewing these days. Oh, cool. I think the sewing machine is an underrated item in the house. <laughs> is, this, is this a new hobby? No, um, I've had one for a few years now, and I did it more as, like, a, I learned how to sew in middle school. Okay. But it's just cool to be able to make your own curtains. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. fix a, 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 car, uh, a blanket thing that yeah. you were gifted, and it's just, yeah. It's a very useful and kind of fun Yeah. An item. I I think that people who enjoy programming oftentimes they enjoy the the making aspect of yes, it. Yes, definitely. Like like I built this thing, and so <laughs> I feel like it's not very far from building physical things, right? Whether it's sewing or carpentry or you know, the, right, right. There, I, I feel like there are a lot of computer programmers who are into like woodworking and stuff like that. Yeah, mm, that's anyway. true. Anyway, uh, and even like. Raspberry Pi things are also like making things. Yeah. Um, is is uh, is your husband into the home automation type? Not so stuff? much, actually. I mean, well, I take that back. Not so much in the corporate sense. Like, we don't have a Nest. We don't have I like see. those smart locks or yeah um, smart lights. Um, but we do. If there's something in the house that you want to automate, like he will want to make that. <laughs> I see. Um, we he had like a little. Them. We had a little muni display in our house at oh, one point cool. for the lines that were really close to our house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could see when the next muni was. Nice. Uh, and just like like some like small various. We we wanted to build one for the baby, like a 
like a kind of a a physical lock. Like you, you hit a button and be like, "Oh, she pooped today at this time," kind of thing. I see. Um, but that didn't pan out. <laughs> I see. <laughs> cool. Those sound like fun problems. Uh, but sewing also. So. Yes, there's just a never-ending list of things we want to yeah. build and make. Build and make. Yeah. Cool. Great. I think programming is a really good gateway to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I I think often what draws people initially is that you can build something so quickly in, right. in programming, it, way way quicker than you can in in the physical world. Right. Like like it takes forever to to like so even something small. Right. Um, that often draws me to software that build stuff so quickly. Yeah, the power of like, I don't know, you can have the power of all of, you know, Amazon AWS at yeah, your fingertips. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. You can make websites for millions of people. Right. Uh, in, by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, cool. Well, thanks so much for. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This for, is fun. For uh, coming.